Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Daily Devotion, where we're sharing and uh, reading, uh, studying, learning. We're just taking time going through the Word of God together, and I'm Cynthia Martin from RealLifeRevised.com. I'm so enjoying this time, just eating the Word and taking our time going through chapter by chapter. So let's get started on our Daily Devotion. Today our text is going to be Genesis chapter 11. And uh, I chose to do this chapter by itself for a couple of reasons. Um, I want to bring out a couple of verses that have always just really grabbed me. And, you know, that's what we do when we're studying the word as we go through until something grabs us. And then we take the time to study it out. The scary part of that is is that we get so stuck in those um, revelations we fail to look around everywhere else so this first time through we're just going to go through and uh, go with what uh, has stuck out to me and then after that we'll see where we're going to go from there so in Genesis chapter 11 um, this chapter is about the Tower of Babel and I don't know if you've done a lot of study about the Tower of Babel but it's uh, real intriguing to me for a couple of reasons um, I want to go right down to uh, chapter, or excuse me, verse 4. I'm going to give you a little background. So Noah and the flood had happened. Um, Noah's descendants had come out of the ark. Uh, they um, created, they built or planted a vineyard, I should say. Uh, lots of things happened then, and Shem, Ham, and Japheth, you know, they went there separate ways and began to multiply multiply and be fruitful as they were commanded to do. So now the world has just one language, right, because we're all descendants of Noah at some point, and obviously descendants of Adam, but we're descendants of Noah somehow. And so um, they're, all the world is together, and, and, and they say in verse 3, let me back up, um, and I'm using the NIV, they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. And they said, come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to heavens, to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the earth. And this is the first verse that just really pops out to me for two reasons. Um, you know, when I was in Sunday school or somewhere when I was growing up, uh, it was taught to me that they, they created the Tower of Babel so that they could reach the heavens so that they didn't have to worry about um, God flooding the earth. That is not what Scripture says here. Now, there may be some other places that we haven't gotten to yet, but that is not what this is saying here. And we know that God has already promised that he would never flood the earth. Now, it could be they didn't believe in, but we're not going to go there. That is not the point that I want to bring out for the Tower of Babel. Because it says right here that the reason 
so that we may make a name for ourselves. So, you know, that just really sticks out to me. So how many times have we done something to make a name for ourselves? And then it goes on and it says, otherwise, and the reason why they want to uh, make a name for themselves, we will be scattered all over the face of the whole earth. Now, that just doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. Those two don't connect. Kind of like when I started thinking about love and fear. I couldn't figure out how love and fear connected. And it took me a long time to work that out. And so I haven't quite figured this out, how these two uh, connect, but they certainly do intrigue me. And what I, the, what I can say is that I do know that um, when we attempt to do something for ourselves, for ourselves, right? And in this scripture, it talks about their fear was because they were going to be scattered all over the face of the earth. And I think of as we get further into the word, we're going to go into the book of Job. And the book of Job says, the thing that I feared the most came upon me. And, and right here we see that when we are in disobedience, one of the things that arises is fear. If we go back to the beginning of Genesis, when Adam and Eve fell, they said they were naked, they were afraid, and so they hid. So a lot of times when we're in fear, we will try to control. So um, that's just real intriguing for me. So, you know, there are uh, scripture that talks, or not scripture, but the three basic, um, I shouldn't say basic, the three um, areas of sin, I guess we could say, and there's, you know, three, we could categorize sin, I guess, is what we would say. Um, There are three of those. And those three are lust of the eyes, um, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. And so we, we find in Genesis, at the very beginning, in, in Genesis 1, that there was all three of those, right? So here we have, we're dealing with the pride of life. They want to make a name for themselves. Now, Scripture tells us as we get into the New Testament that we are to announce the kingdom. And so if we could just change that a bit. Instead of making a name for ourselves, why do we... Um, that we need to make a name for Jesus, right? He doesn't, he, he already has a name, but we need to announce his name. And so we say when uh, we do ministry, when we uh, build a ministry, when we get a larger platform, we need to be very careful that we aren't doing this to make a name for ourselves. Our purpose is always um, to, to make a name for Jesus, to lift his name up, to announce his kingdom, to pronounce and proclaim who he is and who God is. So I just want you to think about that and what areas in our lives are we, you know, attempting to make a name for ourselves. So um, have you ever taken uh, pride in learning a second language or realizing that we have second or third languages because as we go through this chapter, we're going to find out that this is where all the languages came from. So isn't the reason that we have the story of Babel about the sin of pride? It is. Um, but what happens with that, it, um, it's good to take, I'm going to say, it's good to take uh, pride in your accomplishments, especially when they're achieved with, with great effort, such as you did a really well job. Um, you're keeping your possessions neat and tidy. You're running your ministry as God would have you do. We can take a 
uh, godly pride, I guess. Maybe it's a satisfaction to know that, we, that we've done well in those types of things. Just ask me. I'm a doting grandparent, and I have tons of pride over my 10 grandchildren. And so, you know, they're the, they're the smartest, biggest, baddest uh, grandchildren in the world, and I can prove that, and I can show you the most beautiful pictures of, of babies and children because they're my grandchildren, right? So that is a godly pride because I am looking at, at who God created them to be and how wonderful they are. So, you know, there's a, there's a, a balance there because we don't want to walk into false humility where, you know, we don't take uh, joy in anything. We don't take joy in others. We don't have, have a pride in, in a, um, a work that we did well done. But there's that other kind of pride that gets us into all sorts of trouble, right? That, that pride which boasts and brags and vainly attempts to cover up deep-seated insecurities. And we're unwilling, you know, to confront those. That's a huge pride that we need to be careful with. And above all, there's that self-assured, defiant, kind of like a, the terrible twos. You know, if you have grandchildren or children who are toddlers, ter- twos and threes, that they get into this place, I can do it my way. I'll do it myself. You know, that kind of pride. That language of pride is mostly the babble part of pride. It may fool others and even ourselves, but God, it doesn't fool God. And he knows that human pride is at the heart of all sin. But remember, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. So the humbling question is, is what kind of pride do others see in me? What, an, what is an appropriate sense of pride which they'll notice with respect or self-focused pride shouting to the world that this is all about me? And, you know, as a ministry, I want to make sure that my voice is heard uh, extolling the name of Jesus. Yes, I can rejoice in who he created me to be. I know that he delights in who I am, that he has a plan and a purpose for me, and there are things that I can do uh, in my way that nobody else is going to do because they're not me. And the same goes for you. But all that I want to do, I want it to... um, take the spotlight and shed it over on Jesus. I love a story that I heard about Corey Ten Boom in which she traveled the world um, speaking about her experience in um, the camps and, and uh, by the Nazis. And uh, she was Jewish, and so she was in those camps. And she goes around and speaks about those, and she's very humble, and she talks about forgiveness and all these great things. And she gets lots of flowers and lots of accolades because she made it through and she has forgiven all the guards and all that sort of thing. And she tells the story about at the end of the day, she gathers all the accolades that were given to her and she presents them to Jesus. And that's truly where we need to be. We need to be able to receive that we've done well. But we don't need to keep it. You know, we, we, we gather those up and we give those over to Jesus because he is the reason that we were able to do the things that we can do. So um, I just want you to think about that. You know, why is, why is it that you're doing the things that you're doing? Why is it that um, you want to you build a platform? Why is it that you want to do well at work? Why is it that um, you want to make a name for yourself? You know, we want to make sure that the reason that we make names for ourselves is only because we're a reflector of the Lord Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. So let's move on. 
And verse 6, if the Lord said, now this is the Lord speaking, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. I love that verse. I have always loved that verse. I just think that verse is so cool. God said, if they as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. So the point I'm trying to make is if God says that, it's got to be true. So what happens when a man and a woman or a group of people come together speaking the same language. Now, I'm not talking about we all speak English, okay? That is not what I'm saying. It's wonderful that I have brothers and sisters and people in the world who understand me because I speak the language of English. What I'm saying is I have a few friends. I have a few associates. I have a a, a base of individuals into which I am connected that we speak the same language. You know, I'll jokingly say, oh, I found my people. You know, there's just a, a, a certain swing on the way we believe and the way we think and the way we um, act and, and those sort of things. But what if those people groups, you know, what if they came together and did something in unity? Well, God says right here that there would be nothing that they couldn't do. Nothing that they couldn't do. So I'm going to back up just a little bit. In verse 3, the scripture says, they said to each other, okay? What that means, those words, each other, it means um, it's a strong uh, number 4940, if you want to look that up. It's a family of people. These are the people down here that I'm talking about um, in verse 6. As in one people, it's a family of people, a type, a class, the kind of people or things, a species of animals, a group of related individuals, a tribe, you know, that's a big word right now, a tribe, or a group of related things, like a category. It's a main concept um, of things that come together that can be as small as your immediate family, maybe even as husband and wife, or your, you know, your sons and daughters, that sort of thing, or as broad as a whole nation. And or as broad as a group. You know, we think of the church or the ecclesia should really be that kind of uh, of a group. So what if we came together and we worked in unity? What is that that we couldn't do? According to God, there's nothing. There's nothing impossible. And I think there's scripture in the New Testament that talks about that there's nothing impossible for God, right? And so when we enter in with him and we enter in with unity with others, there's nothing that we can't do. And um, it relates, but just it just comes to my mind that about the scripture that says that we can say to this mountain, be removed. That seems impossible to me, right? The, the, a physical mountain be removed. Now, every day I speak to circumstances and tell them to be removed, but there are just so many things that fall in this place. Uh, that we can do if we can just come together in unity. Okay, so the scripture goes on in in chapter uh, 11, and it goes on through, and then we see in verse 10, it starts talking about the lineage of Noah and his sons. And then we go down to verse 26, and we have the first mention of Abram, who eventually becomes Abraham, but right now his name is Abram. And 
as we go down in verse 26 from there, it talks about the lineage of his father. And then I like it that it gets down here. We're starting to get somewhere. And when we get down to verse, uh, let's see, I think it's in here. Give me a minute. Just let me see if I can find it. In verse, uh, I didn't have it marked, but I know where I'm going. I think it's verse 31. Terah, that was Abram's father, took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, who was the son of Haran, and Haran had passed away, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, and it says previously in the scripture that she was barren, she couldn't have children, and they, his wife and his sons, and Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. And I want to just say to you right there, did you start out going after God? Did you go start out going after his purposes? Did you start out and did you settle somewhere? Sometimes God has us in different places for seasons. You know, let me tell you about that. I, you know, been traveling for the last four years extensively. And now I'm settled in one place. Uh, God brought us here. He's dropped us here. Don't know how long we're going to be here, but we're here. And I'm talking about the physical, but in the spirit realm, have you settled somewhere? Are you going to a season where God has you settled somewhere and so you're there to get something? Or have you just settled somewhere and you're not moving on? You're not going on to Canaan where you've been called or where the dream or the vision would take you. And I want to leave that with you today. I want to just pray that over you and pray over this scripture with you as we we close down our devotions today. I didn't set my timer, so I'm hoping I stayed within my 15-minute limit. So, Father, we thank you that you are God and that you are king of the universe and that, Lord, that you are interested in the affairs of men. Father, I thank you that you show us where pride will take us. And, Lord, I ask that you to help us to turn a searchlight on ourselves. And, Lord, may we, as Corey Ten Boom did at the end of the day, gather our accolades and offer them to you. And so that our heart will be found pure. And Lord, I ask that any pride that is godly, the pride in in a job well done and a a satisfaction of who you created us to be so that we can have the self-confidence that we need and the self-esteem to be able to go out and do the things that you have called us to do. And Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would cause us to look at those who are our people. Oh, whether that be our spouse, our immediate family, our ecclesia, church body, uh, the, the Christianity as a whole, as our country, and as, I, as our world. Lord, let us gather together of, with those that are of our people, of our kind, and let us stand together in unity, and let us accomplish the things for you that you have accomplished us to do, because your word promises us here that there's nothing that's going to be impossible for us. And so, Lord, today I claim that, that there is nothing that will be impossible for me, for Dean and I, for our ministry, for where you would have us go as we enter in together on the perfect plan that you've set out for us. And, Lord, I ask that as you have brought us here into this place, even as Abram was brought with his father and his Uh, nephew Lot and his wife Sarai, and they settled, Lord, in Haran. Father, I ask that that you would cause us to to notice, Lord, that you would, would, Holy Spirit, would reveal places in our spirits in which we have settled. 
There's so much more of you out there for us, Lord. There's so much that Holy Spirit wants to impart to us. And so, God, I ask that you would convict, that you would show us places that we have settled, that, Lord, places that we have begun to move into complacency. And, God, we thank you for that. And I bless you today, Lord, and I bless those who are with me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so thank you for listening. If you have comments, you can connect with me on Facebook at Cynthia Martin Online. You can come and check me out, uh, what I believe and what I do here at realliferevised.com. See, my heart is for the bruised and the broken uh, to be healed and set free and to become who they were created to be so that they can walk in their intended destiny. See, I get to help real people, broken people, bruised people, people who are lost, people who have settled. I get to help those who have the real problems. They don't know where to go. They don't know who to trust. They don't know what is true. Find real solutions. I get them connected with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I help them to begin to walk in their destiny. Because sometimes real life needs to be revised. So next time, we're going to be looking at uh, Genesis chapter 12. I think just the chapter 12 itself. Not quite sure if we're going to go into 13. But for sure, we're going to be doing Genesis chapter 12. And I just want to thank you uh, for being with me today, and I want to bless you and say have a great and fabulous day. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.